Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. perfect way to go into the all-star break i know they're they're in second place like if you told me before the season started 42 and 17 second place the all-star break i'd be like yeah it's pretty nice but considering like how they've limped there and the injuries and just it, it, it's like bad taste in your mouth it's it's a it's a next level of pain when uh, i didn't watch the game live last night and then i come home and i'm drunk and I'm re-watching the game knowing that they lost on a buzzer. It's just, it's disgusting, Sam. I, I had to watch the other broadcast because I didn't want to hear Fitz uh, talk about that game. Although although it felt like the Warriors kind of controlled that thing. But either way, I think your point is it's not about last night's game. It's more also the last five games, right, where they've been one and four. That's been pretty disgusting. Last uh, night and was all a, this coming off of nine in a row is, is, is insane. Last night was like a vintage Kelly Oubre, Kent Bazemore Warriors uh, type of throwback game. You know, it was it was like last. If we threw up green room last night, we'd have had we'd have had a nice turnout of anger like we had last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't happen. Maybe it's for the better. I, I want to start on just like I feel like the the overarching theme is that defense has fallen apart, and I don't know where you stand it, but I'm just like. I don't really know what you expect him to do without Draymond Green and no big men. Like, you can only smoke and mirrors the defense so much. What are you going to do against Jokic? Well, Jokic got whatever the hell he wanted last night, and it's not just that. It's like, I mean, it, what's their center rotation? Looney, throw out Kuminga, who they drafted as a small forward, right, little auto porter right. at the center, be elite. It's, it's, I yeah I mean even if Draymond played and even if Wiseman played I, I think Jokic gets his numbers anyway right and, and but the point is that it wouldn't just be that easy part of it's like they would have taken out Looney at the end of the game uh, a little fluky at the end of the game there but like they wouldn't have played him so it's like stuff like that I think also at the defense Steve Kerr's trying he put in GP two uh, last night right he he said hey we're gonna kind of downsize in terms of height but really upsides in terms of defense because GP2 can essentially play one, two, three. <laughs> Ironically, like sometimes even the four uh, a little bit on defense. So I think like he's trying different things, but you're right. At some point, there's not much any coach can do. Uh, it puts, puts Spo on this team, Popovich, Tyron Lue. Like, I don't know how much better they're making this team defensively. If you don't have Draymond, who's the defensive player of the year when he's healthy. Yeah, and it's like, I feel like Kerr's getting pretty frustrated with it, too. Like, he took the bullet for last night, and, you know, he probably deserves it. There were some... Yes, yes. There were some pretty t- disgusting decisions on the stretch. But, like, in general, 
he's been kind of saying, you know, yeah, we, we really need big men. We're, we could use a big man in general. And they obviously didn't trade for anyone. I, I guess what's your, what's your concern level here? Like going forward, because it's like, they're going to get Draymond back. Wiseman's eventually going to play. Maybe. Do they, are, are they, are, is that just going to fix everything? I, my concern level is low in terms of they just need to get Draymond healthy. I think if you were to ask me, can they, can they, are they going to, are they going to be the two seed? I don't know. They're only a game and a half in front of Memphis. And then the Suns are so far ahead that you would think that with just 25 games left or so, that's not going to happen. So they're kind of stuck in a, well, we're kind of battling for home court advantage in the second round now, right? So I guess you could be pretty, you could be concerned about that, but I think overall, it seems like Draymond's going to be back, and that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Because even if they get a buyout guy, which we're going to get into, and we've gotten into every podcast, even if they get a buyout guy, that doesn't matter as long as Draymond Green is healthy. Or if he's not, then it really doesn't matter, right? It really, really, really – this whole season really doesn't matter. They couldn't have done anything if Draymond's not going to come back. Well, So that's my overarching thing. It's like if Draymond doesn't come back – could this have been avoided by just signing another big man? So he didn't, you know, basically what herniate disc in his back. How much of that is related to the fact that he's played center basically all season? How much of this could have been avoided by building a safer roster going forward? You know what I'm saying? Or back at the beginning of the season. No, I, it's like I, they, they, they wanted to gift Wiseman minutes for whatever, you know, they took him second overall. And he just never got healthy. And what happens? Draymond ends up with his back getting hurt. Like how much of this goes back to management, not willing to go all in, not willing to do the things that contending teams actually do to get through the season. I, so it's, 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 I'm I'm not trying to defend management. Again, I also was on the train of, even if they thought Wiseman was going to come back in November, I say that she should got a big guy regardless. I don't know if they have they could have gotten some type of wing, right? Like I don't think there was anything out there, but you could get a big man. You could just get a vet big man there, and they didn't do that. But also on the other side, they also built a roster that's pretty, like it's a lot better than they did last season, right? They picked up guys that are smarter, that are better, um, and those guys are going to be able to win basketball games in the postseason. Like Otto Porter and GP two are guys that are going to play. So, but not getting the big guy, yeah, I think they should have gotten that always in the beginning so they do this weird overcorrection thing where it feels like because they've gotten six or seven big men the last five years that now they're like well that, those were mistakes why the hell did we have Anderson Barajal on the team as the sixth big guy he's just gonna use them right all of a sudden they're like well we're just gonna go with no big men it's like well you can use three you can, you can use half of them out you don't just have to go no big men and you're right though Dr. Lou I agree I think that's I th- the, I think- one of the reasons why I think I can justify not getting a big man if you thought Wiseman was going to be back in November because then you let him eat minutes. You let him you let him be the Verjao, the Festus, whatever. Like maybe he gets better during the season, maybe he doesn't, but at minimum he's eating minutes, right? When he's not back by December and you have a second procedure and you hide it and you know he's not going to play until after the All-Star game and you still do nothing, that's where I start questioning how motivated they are to really win a title. Because if they were all in, they would have done something right there because they could have prevented some of these things that happened. But they want to play both sides of it. They want to develop for the future. 
it, it, while winning now. And that's what leads to these, like, it's, it's untenable to do both things. You have like roster spots to guys who can't play right now. And then, and then you end up with a situation where your guys who can play, if they get hurt, all of a sudden, 19-year-old Kuminga, who's drafted as a small forward, he's probably a power forward, to be honest, is playing center. But he's 19. You know, he shouldn't be doing that. So it's just – we'll see. If Draymond comes back healthy, a lot of this doesn't matter. But it's hard not to think, like, man, now you're going to ask him to come back and play all that center down the stretch and for four rounds of the playoffs. Like, can his body hold – he wore down doing it last year. You know, like there is – there is the reality to he's best at center, but he's also six, six. Uh, part of that, I think is just some of that is just Draymond, right? I think even if they had a big man, I, I, some of that is just Draymond style of basketball is just conducive to getting injured like that. He's 30 plus he's on the other side of 30. I know how it feels. I'm on the third day of a hangover right now. Sam. like, those, those things are just, those things are just going to be things that I think are going to happen to Draymond the next few seasons even if they had a big man. But isn't the dirty kind of thing, dirty secret there kind of, it's just, it's really James Wiseman. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really, if they if they wanted to, like you said, go all in, they'd probably just trade him for a big. Or they would say, we're going to get a big man because we don't trust that he's going to come back ready to play basketball. And again, this has nothing to do with Wiseman. This is realistic. A 19-year-old kid, even if you're as cool and awesome as Johnny Kaminga, I'm not going to be able to provide winning minutes most of the time. It took Kaminga half the season. I still think that they did it the right way. And now he's ready to play big minutes-ish, 20-plus a game, right? James Wiseman doesn't even – like, even if he played in December, he'd still have to he'd still have to play three, four, five months of basketball before you can say, okay, now it's a steady, steady role that he's going to have. That's definitely not going to happen now, right? Is definitely he- not. But they were just waiting and waiting and waiting, and you're just like, I don't – that was never the right move, even if he was coming back healthy in December, in my opinion. It reminds me of the Boston Celtics when they uh, when they got Kyrie and Horford and Hayward, but they also had all those picks and Tatum and Brown, and everyone's expecting them to consolidate like Jalen Brown and some picks and make a trade for Anthony Davis, go all in, you know, and build a super team. And they just never do it. They play both sides of it. And what, what what do they end up being? Aside from the fact that Kyrie blew up that locker room because he's not, you know, Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They end up just in the middle road, winning 50-some games every year and always being one player short of getting past the LeBron James Cavaliers or getting past um, the Toronto Raptors. or the. It doesn't matter. They just never got through because they were unwilling to commit. Meanwhile – any team who wins a title, you kind of – I just don't know that it's possible to play both ends of it. And now we're – you know, now it's like – like you said, if they use Wiseman and turned him into a veteran center, you do run the risk of in three years, Wiseman looks a lot definitely better do. than that guy. I definitely do, yeah. But if it gets you to the finals two times in the next three years, do you give – you know what I'm saying? That Whereas now they're running the risk of by the time Wiseman is ready, assuming he's the guy they think he is, is Draymond cooked? You know, is is uh, is Clay or Clay and Steph who they were? Well, I, or well, did I you just create a point. scenario where you're winning 50 games every year and getting to the second or third round because you're always short? 
Well, they might need the thing is like I think your point is very fair. Like Steph and Draymond, I think are going to be, or excuse me, Steph and Clay are going to be fine for the next three years. But uh, Draymond might not be. Like that's a guy where uh, I wanted him to get a big man from the beginning of time this season, regardless of who they are on the roster. And I even say, even if they have gotten it, I still think Draymond would get hurt. I just. I, like it, it just it doesn't matter. That's just who Draymond is right now. He's yeah. just like Anthony Davis. Just like he's out again for who knows how long, and that's just gonna be Anthony Davis for the rest of his career. He's 29 now. He's just gonna miss 30 games a season every season, and I think that's just gonna be Draymond. I mean, we kind of knew we've been doing this pod for like seven years, and like we've called this. Everybody's called this. Draymond is going to get hurt. But then all that matters, though, is that he's healthy for the last 10 games. So you're saying you're saying that you think that Sam sources that he may be back in mid-March-ish. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah, right? So, okay. so that's all way, that matters. Shout out Fitz for teasing the March 14th game. He knows exactly what's <laughs> going to happen. They play the Bucks on ABC the 12th. They don't have Draymond, the Bucks. You know, Giannis is going to drop another 50 or whatever. That I, The way Giannis <laughs> is playing, like, he might do that if Draymond plays. But if it's not Draymond, he's definitely doing whatever the hell he wants. Uh, and then Fitz is going to, you know, get to do his montage about Draymond coming back. The hero, saving the Warriors. You know, just perfect <laughs> propaganda. Uh, he, I don't know why he mentioned March 14th multiple times. But, like, kind of aligns with what everyone's reporting Early to mid-March is when they're hoping to get Draymond back. So anywhere okay. from anywhere from 20 games left in the season to more likely like 14 to 15 games left That's in the season. Good. Okay. Yeah. So By the way, I mean, if that, Fitz is saying it, you know, it's definitely true because Joe's definitely telling him. He, he's not pulling dates out of thin air. There's <laughs> definitely a uh, – there's definitely like an internal – we're aiming for this. Maybe we hit it. Maybe we don't. You know, we all thought Clay was going to play the day before Chris or the the game two days before Christmas. It just didn't happen. Right. He ended up being a week or two later. So maybe Draymond goes the same way. Maybe it's not then. Maybe it's a week after that. Right. Sure. Um, but it's like, you know, you do you bring up a fair point, too. If he comes back healthy and he's cool going to the playoffs. Maybe my concern level with that, with needing to trade Wiseman for an immediate player, is it necessary? Maybe it isn't. Like you, it can go either way. We just got to see how it plays out. I just like I've always felt that that was probably the smarter move. If you want to go all in to, if you want to win a title, you got to go in. There's no win now, develop now. It's it's a very narrow road. Not when like teams are constantly trying to make a. If you think you're a contender, you're making moves to get well, better. I, I we guess see the, the Bucks make a move to get. I mean, Ibaka is not exactly a, a huge needle good move, though. It's point. a good move. Yeah, it's a good move. Well, I, I guess, I guess my thing is, what scenario would have to happen in the playoffs where you're you're going to say, well, they probably should have done this or that? Because if they go in into the playoffs with three guys that are healthy, and it's the three that the core three, it's not a core four, by the way. It's Steph, Draymond, and Clay. There's nobody else uh, that's in that three. If those three guys are healthy, I, I'm not sure what scenario you give me that says, well, they should have, they, they 100% should have done this, right? You 100% should have done that. I think that as long as those three guys get healthy, they have a chance to win. And if they don't, it's probably because Steph is shooting 38% from three. It's probably because Clay Thompson's just not that guy yet. It's going to take him six more months, right? It's probably because Draymond got hurt in the postseason because he's just going to get worn down. I don't know how much a big man's going to help doing that. So, 
I don't know, Sam, like what that is, uh, unless we go back, you know, six months and say that Pascal Siakam's pretty good. (laughs) That guy's pretty good. That guy's pretty good. And he was all in. Would not have been bad. Yeah. I mean, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out, I guess. Like it's hard not to have kind of a, a, you know, negative attitude right now after you've watched the last two weeks, the Warriors yeah. defensively yeah. have been one of the, the eight worst defenses in the NBA in February. They were able to actually kind of like hold it together for a little bit in January when Draymond went down. Um, but reality hit. You knew they couldn't do it forever. It's still ugly to watch. They look like the Portland Trailblazers. To I'm me. telling you. Know, it's just kind of, yep. it's, it's just kind of like, oh, yep. Steph and Claire are hot. They'll win 120-118. If they're not hot, they'll lose 117-116 to Denver. You know, and it's just <sighs> like, it's it's gross because that's, that's how it is. If you have nothing on the inside, it's just kind of like, are we hitting our shots or are we not hitting our shots tonight, right? It's that they, could, they, could, they could use some Zach Collins from those old Blazers teams right now. They can use some Myers Leonard right now, even though those guys weren't even good. It'd at least be some size. Jesus. Yeah, I take it back. Maybe a little, uh, maybe a little Yusef Nurkic though. Maybe a little <laughs> Nurkic. Could use a little Nurk action. <laughs> so, Ricky Garcia in the chat says we need Enos freedom. We do not need Enos Cantor freedom. Why does um, it get brought up every pod? It's just no. No, I might kill myself Cause it, cause, if that happens. Because you, ju- you just got bought out, and it's it's hilarious to mention him. Because oh, it's like, we need a center. It's like, Cantor is available. It's like, hmm, I don't need oh, one that bad. God, I'd rather I'd rather watch JTA play the five. At least he fights on defense. And that's probably like if if that's probably their thought too. They're like, eh, rather watch JTA than Enos Cantor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Should we get to, should we get to the goons? Yeah, let's get to the goons. Lead off. And, Ryan, what's uh, up, bro? Nothing much. Uh, Andy, you're in Irvine, right? Yes, sir. All right. So tons of KBBQ. You'll literally find one every street corner. Of course. Same with Boba. Uh, <laughs> for Persian food, there's this market in Mission Viejo called Mission Ranch Market. You should go to that. All right. And then there's another one in Irvine called Super Irvine. And then as far as restaurants, you can't go wrong with Daria. That's solid. And if you just want beef, it's kebab, kubide, or bag with uh, polo, which is rice. Uh, there you go. Yeah. But other than that, last night, it, 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 I just need more from Wiggins. You can't give me nine points per, nine points and also lose out on that rebound. Like, that's a rebound you have to grab. Monty Morris is just that, – that was annoying. It, it just feels like we're missing that killer edge. Wiggins and – Clay 
are very spacey on defense without Draymond there. Like they're just missing rotation straight up. And same with um, Steph. Steph. Steph missed one. And also, I just want to talk about the Hackalooney thing real quick. Go for it. He effect- for it. effectively pre two minute mark. He was two for four, which is a point for possession. You take that every time, right? He made two. He missed two. Then after the two-minute mark, Steph Curry brought him up for a screen and roll. That's on Steph. That's not on Steve. So I don't get the blaming on Steve for the loony debacle. Steph brought him up to set a screen. He should have ran that action with anyone else on the court. That's Steph's on-court awareness costing him two points, not Steve Curry, in my opinion. So that's where I'm at with that. And I just feel like we just need to recharge, get ready, hopefully get a buyout big, and go for a run. Appreciate the call, Ryan. And the rest. You bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. Steph ran a pick and roll with Looney. That was so bad. And so bad. And, and so it brings up the point. It's like we always want Steph to run more pick and roll, particularly in key moments of the game. Who does he have to run pick and roll with without Draymond? Even Wiseman, as raw as he is, at least he's a lob threat. He's obviously not available. Um, Looney's never going to be a good pick and roll partner. Bielitsa, pick and pop. Otto, pick and pop. Clay's the like guy. Have- Clay's the one. That's the one. Yeah, it's a, it's a pick and pop, but at least it's a yeah. you know you're running it with your two best offensive yeah. players, right? So yeah. there's yeah. that. There's um, someone in the chat mentions Kuminga. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But but the problem with running it was like I don't want to see well, why, Kaminga maybe, but like I don't want I don't even want to see Looney set the screen even though he's a screen setter because they double him, the ball goes into Looney's hands and now he has to make a decision. And we love Looney. And we Looney love barely Russell down Malone. the lane in crunch time. That's Nobody what, wants to see. That's that, the man. offense we want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to see him in crunch time. Holy shit! So I, one of the issues that have been popping up lately too um, is I, I think the Warriors players just have to figure out a way to just force the ball to Steph. I- I'm sick and tired of crunch time and-, and these guys are running and Steph running around. First of all, Steph, go get the ball, right? It's partly partly his fault because he's so comfortable off ball. But it's Otto Porter did it a few times where he gets the ball. He looks at Steph. Steph's running around. Otto Porter doesn't have a clean pass. So he dribbles away from him and passes it to someone else. And it ends up being a brick because, of course. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, just give Steph the ball. Just force it to him. It's not It's not difficult. Stop trying to do something else. There's no better option on the floor. There's none, right? Rather than just giving Steph the ball and isoing. Again, that's both ways, though, right? That's on auto. That's on Loon. But that's also on Steph. Like, it just when you start off ball, there's a chance you don't get the ball. And I think that's the issue uh, in these type of um, – And I think Draymond helps with that, right? Draymond helps with that. So that, that's, yeah. that's another – to 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 tie to your point, uh, you need to have high IQ players to get Steph the ball if he's going to be off ball. You missing Draymond. Yep. You're also missing Iguodala. Yep. I mean, those yep. are your two best point forwards. So I don't know. Steph probably needs to ISO a little more too. Like that's the reality right. of it, and he just never calls his own number enough. But for me, it's it's more the defensive side at this point. So yeah, uh, let's keep moving. Harry Tosh, my man, what's up? Hey guys, can you hear me? We can hear yes, you. Sir. Okay. 
I just unmuted myself. Yeah, uh, you guys brought up the defense being trending in the wrong direction. I wanted to bring up the offense because, of course, I'm a fan. But anyway, uh, the offense has been trending in the wrong direction since slump. Uh, Steph got into a slump, but even more so in the last few weeks. So do you think, uh, I feel like the offense has grown a little bit stale. And I was wondering, like, do you guys see, uh, we saw a lot more creative plays early in the season. I'm still wondering if Kenny Atkins' input has stopped coming or is it just because he was injured or whatever? And yeah, that, that was, or is that also mainly on Draymond? Like, because Draymond is out. And second question was, uh, you mentioned the pick and roll. I was wondering if we need to run that a little bit more or don't you think we need to run that a little bit more in the regular season so that these guys are used to it in the playoffs? Because that's, that's going to be the go-to play at the end of games in the playoffs. Shouldn't they be getting more reps in the regular season for that? So Good questions. Good questions, Paratosh. Um, let's do the pick and roll one first. Because uh, we kind of were just touching on it. What kind of pick and rolls do you want them to run without train, with, with the players they have available right now, Andy? Uh, well, f- well, first off, I'm more concerned about the offense than I think – uh, you are. Uh, I know you're harping on the defense, but for me, it's been a lot. The issue has been a lot offensively where it's just the same old, Ertosh makes the point, it's the same old stuff from last season. There was some different stuff earlier this season, it felt like. Well, it felt like once Steph got into that slump that it was, it's was. it been kind of just the same story. Um, this team is missing open threes, but they've been missing open threes for months now. So, uh, so it's it's just it is what it is, right? Bielitsa is just not going to make him anymore. Apparently, he's really turned into Omri Caspi. It's kind of sad. I thought he'd be better. Um, he's pretty useless. Uh, for me, it's it, who are the guys on the floor that you can even run a pick and roll with? Um, right now, are you going to run a pick and roll with 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 guys that can't shoot? Or guys that shouldn't be on the floor? Like, do you want Kaminga setting the screen? Do you want Bielitsa out there? Do you like it's really only Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole. That's it. And even Jordan Poole, he's struggling the last few weeks. That's the other thing, too. And some of this is all some of it's fatigue. Some of it's some like, of it's fatigue. Rotation. But you can tie Clay that to coming no back. Big, you can tie yeah, that to yeah. no big man too. Everyone's I like playing out of position. <laughs> like Everyone's playing. Comes. I mean, they, they just look exhausted. The, the all-star break definitely comes at a good time on that front. But, like, you're right. They've all been slumping. It's not one player. Week off. Maybe that helps. Yeah, the split. somebody brought a split cuts. I totally forgot about that. So that's – every time they run a split cut, what it's – in the, like, like, whenever you set an early offense in transition, which they rarely do because they bring the ball up so slowly without Draymond, it seems like. Steph, notorious. Like, at this point, he brings a ball up with seven seconds off the shot clock. So he's got the ball at half court with, like, 70 on the shot clock. Another, so, man, another thing they're missing, Draymond. me. Yeah. Get the ball and run. Draymond gets him into transition really fast. Yeah. Um, so those are easy the, points because their half-court offense isn't special. It isn't at all. No, it, it always ends up in a Steph or Clay jumper, um, and hopefully it's an open one. But yeah, like they're not they're not getting the uh, the easy stuff at the rim on the consistent. The only thing I'll uh, I'll push back on is I'm not concerned about the offense as much as I'm concerned about the defense. They scored 116 points last night. You got to win when you hit 116. Yeah. Yeah, um, true. they melted down down this. OK, they didn't score anything the last couple minutes. So that's 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 worse. I think that's it. I think that's a sustainable issue. I think that we've seen that right Memphis. But if they if they could lock in defensively, they would have just taken that game away. I mean, end of the yeah, day, this team end of the day, this team is a transition team. 
to get into transition, you need to get stops. You need to run. Who's the key at getting stops? Draymond. Who's the key at pushing the pace in transition? Combo of Draymond and Steph. But usually it's Draymond getting the ball off the glass and either running it up the court or outletting it. So it's kind of like, I don't know how much you can, I don't know what Kenny Atkinson can do to fix that. Like you have, have Juan Toscano Anderson go in there and do his like Draymond stop, impression. Stop, you know? stop, like, stop. Yeah. No, I, I, well, I think it's Steph. I think he's really got to be the guy that says, Hey, I'm just going to handle the ball. He's got to stop doing the off ball. If Draymond isn't there, man, like you just, you can't, it's not, doesn't work. It, it works when Draymond's there because you've got, you got Draymond. Who's just an absolute genius. But if he's not there, it's not happening. It's not, I don't need to see Looney do that stuff anymore. His version of Draymond. I know how to guard this team's offense. God. Yeah. Anyway, let's move to the next. Let's move to the next. Game. Well, I should hope you know this team's offense. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. No cap. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What you got for us? All right. Um, I want to know, uh, what do y'all think about think that Wiggins will get extended and for how much a season? Because I think he's a $15 million player. And also, um, if he gets paid, uh, what happens to pool then? That's a great question. Um, so Ooh. let's uh, let's give some background info here. Both of them have one more year on their contract. So technically, the Warriors have them under contract next year. But everyone in the NBA is doing early extensions. It makes sense for both sides because if you have them extended, you can always trade them, right, like for more stuff, right? So the question becomes, what does Wiggins get extended for? I think he gets more than 15. Just looking at the market for wings, there's just not a lot of six, seven, six, eight guys who shoot 40% from three who can play Above average, like it's easy to focus on the things Wiggins doesn't do, but like he's basically playing like a better version of OG and Obi this year. OG got 18 a year with a torn AC. And, what was and OG, 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 OG he, he played injured himself too. Yeah, yeah he, he got he, he signed it at an injured point. He's like, I'm taking right. the guarantee instead right. of he probably could have got over 20. Mikel, Mikel Bridges is a better defender than Wiggins, but he's not as good of an offensive player. And he got what 25 a year. Harry B gets 21 yes, a yes, year. Yes, yes. The market for those players is in probably the low 20s, honestly. Yeah, yes, it is. I was going to say at least 20. <laughs> He's getting at least 20. But the, but the better question, that, and he points this out, is, is so what does that mean for Jordan Poole? Yeah, someone in the chat goes four for 90 to 100. That's probably it. I, th- I think the, I think if, Wig- if Wiggins was willing to accept that, uh, the Warriors would have that signed because – they wouldn't have an issue trading him if, you know, they decided. Right. They it's not 33. It's not 33. Yeah. Yeah. Can move that. 20, 20 when the cap is 120 is a lot nicer than 30 when it's like 105, which is what it was when he signed it. So I, I just, anyway. I don't know if they're going to choose between the two. I feel like people are kept, keep saying they have to choose between the two. Uh, Sam, you're, you're going to say they can wait until they do it, but I, I don't know if they have to choose between the two, man. I, I think. Well, so pool's restricted. So, Technically, Poole can go get another offer, and the Warriors have the ability to match so it. Whatever he gets, I, I. But it's what if he gets four for eighty, <laughs> or whatever. What I, mean, I, I think he, I think he will. I think he's legitimately right. going to get twenty a year. Um, I think the bigger issue with Poole will be how many years is he willing to sign up to come off the bench? You know, he's a guy who's like who thinks he can start. He can start in the NBA. There's not there's not sixty better guards than him. no no yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. And he's 22 years old. He'll be 23 soon. He'll be he'll be 24. Like you, you think he wants to sign up to be off the bench? So I think that's the bigger issue they have to deal with. Um, that's another reason, by the way, a trade made sense. You consolidate multiple players for one superior player makes it a little easier uh, than when you're dealing with these decisions of all these guys in their 20s who want bigger roles and you don't have the starting spots for them. I and and let's I want to tie this back into this season because we're going to talk about this particular decision a lot. But uh, Jordan Poole wanting to start, I think, as as something in the next contract that he need to see is is I think key to this season's closing lineup because I know that the top three guys are going to be Steph, Clay, and Draymond closing, and, and Wiggins too. Who's the four? Who's the fifth? I should say, and and I think you know there are going to be games where Wiggins isn't playing well either. Maybe there are two spots open to close, right? Like I think that's genuinely fair. Um, that these are the three guys that you want to close with. I want to say, Sam, and I said it preseason. I'm still holding on to it. I think there are two spots in the closing five that are open, and I think that it's whoever is playing better in those games that should be closing. I yeah, would play I mean, Andre. I would always close with Andre if he's healthy. But again, uh, yeah, forever. You know, I don't forever, think it's like set. Forever Warrior Andy Lou. I know. I don't um, think it's set that it's like, oh, it has to be Wiggins closing. Like, yeah, majority of the time, yes. 80% of the time, yes. But there are games where it makes sense to go with the three guard lineup with Poole. Um, especially since. Especially <laughs> since you you don't necessarily um, yes that's a bunch you, of kids you can mute you can mute I got you I got you uh, I I think it's gonna be Andre I think it's gonna be Wiggins that's what Steve Kerr is going to want to do every single game because it's it's Steve Kerr he would close with Looney if he could um, but I think the funny not the funny the fun uh, players to think about closing is Jordan Poole and and GP two. Like, I think those are guys you – I mean, you're not closing with those two guys next to the three, but I think there are going to be games that I think those two guys should be closing, at least one of the two. Yeah, somebody brings up Kaminga. I, I don't know. Not in a playoff series. I I don't know. That feels like, like a next – that feels like a next-year thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think, like, there are going to be games where I want to close with Andre at the four, and then I want to close with GP2 on John Morant or GP2 on Chris Paul or GP2 on Kyrie Irving. Like, that's what I want to do versus, you know, I, I don't know if I need – and I, and I forgot Otto Porter too. Like that's another guy that could be closing, right? So that's like kind of almost matchup baseball version of matchup based closing. I think it's the three set in stone, and the next two, man. I think it's I think you got a matchup based. Yeah, it is matchup based. Um, there will be at least one playoff series where they're going to be able to use the three guard lineup to close because the other right, team is a right. huge. The other. T- you obviously don't want to close with Poole and Clay and Steph together if you're going against a team that has like Paul George and Kawhi, like two massive wings, you know? Yeah. But yeah. like, I don't know that they're running into a team like that. So they're going to get some opportunities to get kind of that hyper offensive lineup into there. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. For me, though, the bigger concern is because they have the options on the perimeter. They can go with the bigger wings for defense. They could even bring in GP2 if you want, like, just a point of attack defender who's going to make Chris Paul or Devin Booker's life hell. I mean, he made their lives hell on Christmas day, right? Like that sort of stuff. Um, or you can go with the offensive pool. Like I feel like they have enough options along the perimeter. For me, the question is who the hell is going to be the guy next to Draymond, hoping Draymond is healthy in the front line. 
And that might be Otto Porter. Otto might be their best option. Uh, he's at least smart positionally, great shooter, uh, underrated rebounder, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, and yeah. he played really well next to Draymond. It might be him, but yeah, these are all these are all kind of difficult decisions. It's a lot of mix and match. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We have special guests calling in. Uh-oh. GSW Reddit. Eric, what's hey. up, my man? What's up, Sam? What's up, Andy? What's up, brother? Um, just thinking about the whole trade deadline, I know we've talked about this quite a bit. Um, when we look at, like, this year, trying to win it this year, it becomes – it feels like gambling in some sense, like the front office is gambling. Like, I think that if you, you know, if you traded all three lottery picks um, for a piece or two pieces, like, you could assuredly, like, dramatically move the needle towards winning a title this year. So you kind of pause and look at that and think, well, can we get away with keeping one of them and still winning a title? Well, what if we keep two of them and only trade one away? And you, you start navigating right. that space. Like, how close can you get? And I think Lake and company think that – and they, I think they're right. Like, we are in contention without making any moves. Um, it's just how – like, how much more do you add to your team um, by trading some of that away? So let me push back on this one. There – that is, there is an assumption that next year we will get the same Steph Curry, same Clay Thompson, same Draymond Green, and those young guys who all have a, a lot of talent will just get better. And we won't have a situation where maybe Steph is 5% worse, Draymond is 5% worse, um, Clay is 5%. I mean, they're getting older, they have a ton of miles on them, they're still phenomenal basketball players, but even you just never know when guys are going to start seeing it more and more, you know, not everyone is built. Not everyone's lucky. Like, you know, like LeBron James where, he, you know, his body didn't really start breaking down until he was 36. Like that's far more an anomaly than like what might happen with Draymond and stuff and those guys. And do you really want to look back and be like, yeah. And they won 50 games four years in a row, 2021 to 2025, but they never got over the hump because by the time the young guys got good enough, Steph was 37 years old and you know, he wasn't really Steph Curry anymore. He was just a really good player and that sort of thing. Right. Um, that's really, and we're just going to, I guess we're just going to have to see how it plays out, but that's kind of my fear because I can't think of a team who's been able, I'm, the only team who's been able to do it is the Spurs and they only had one guy. They had one young player who just kept – who was a good role player for them, by the way, from his rookie year on. Like Kawhi was starting 3 and D guy his rookie year. 
he just happened to develop into a superstar, which I don't know if anyone saw coming, but like he wasn't, he wasn't nearly as raw as Kuminga or Wiseman. No, I guess the, the question is if you were to hedge and gamble on a guy that you think could be great, you're probably gambling on the right guy. Like the Warriors are gambling that Steph could be still great for the next three years. Like that would be like, you don't want to gamble on Kyrie Irving being that guy for you, right? Like we've seen that fail. You don't want to gamble on James Harden being that guy. Um, so there is that. Like I, 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 I get that portion of it, but then, then the other issue is you kind of like the Spurs, which I think they made a lot of postseason runs and they won that, that last title there. If you're a Warriors fan, like, for them, it's just a matter of like, you just get one more title in the next three years. This is not dynasty warriors where, well, you got to maximize it. Wins the next, win the next three, right? Like I think their front office and most people are thinking like, you just got to win that one title, right? Like that's, that's, they're not, we're not talking about the next two or three titles that you got to win. But then the other question also becomes, and I think this is the last piece. Not four, four, not five, not six. (laughs) Well, I think it becomes the Spurs figured out with Kawhi, and I think the Warriors have kind of figured it out with Kaminga, at at least in terms of he's going to be a good role player for a long time at the very least. The question is, they got another guy that's just like Kaminga, and it's just, how do you do it with two? Like, that has never been done before. How how do you do it with two guys at the age of 19? Uh, uh, Right? Like Who who might, by the way, have play the same role? On the team, like I know Kuminga is more of a he's more of a four, and Wiseman's a pure five. But they're both kind of guys you want kind of owning the same area of the court, which is like the paint. But anyway, I like that's the gamble. I like the gamble, but two guys. Ooh, at least they figured yeah. it out with one. Let's see about the other guy. No, yeah, it definitely feels like a gamble. But if they hit on it, I mean, it's a home run. Like if it works out. Um, I mean, conversely, even, even if they push the, the chips in, that's a gamble too, right? Like, even if they trade it, like that's also like, who knows if that's going to be right either? Nobody knows. Yeah, I was going to say conversely, looking over like down in Los Angeles, you, like you got an aging out LeBron and like a first round pick in twenty twenty seven, a team that's completely falling apart. So, well, if they just ran back last year's team, they'd probably be the two or three seed right now. So. Neither well, Andy or I are neither Andy and I are saying trade um, Pool and everyone for Russell Westbrook. Like they they just blew up their team for no reason. So well the pro- well the problem with that is I think the Warriors do it differently. Where I think the Warriors they listen to their players, but the decision comes from front office. Whereas most of these other teams, like the Lakers, for example, don't they don't the Nets they just they just do whatever the player says, right? So also you can you can point to the Lakers as an example for going all in. Say what you say what you will about Ingram, Lonzo, and those picks. Uh, Anthony Davis is still a better player than all those guys, and they did get a half a ring out of it. Um, <laughs> true, well, that's true. What, that's if they that's did if get what? they did get an AAU cup out of it. So, we everybody would trade wise. I mean, for AAU. That's true. That's actually that's a fair counter. It's not like the Warriors have rejected the opportunity to trade Wiseman and Kuminga for. A play, you know, a top ten player. Anthony Davis it, is still a very much a top ten player. I assure you, and Sam, you know this. If the Warriors could trade those two guys and Wiggins for AD, welcome to the Bay, Anthony Davis. Like that would happen right now. <laughs> Grow, growing my table. unibrow out. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, Joe Lake, I'm signing off on that. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's it's that they're not willing to sign up for like the the next tier below it, the Miles Turner. No, not happening. Two tiers, Miles Turner. Three tiers, maybe.
Uh, cool. All right. Well, I'll let you guys keep it moving. But uh, thanks for taking my call. Thank you, man. All right. We're going to get out of here on that. Everyone enjoy the All-Star break. We'll be back with special guest early part next week.